When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. You're listening to the best of Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Welcome back in. I am Clay Travis. He is Buck Sexton. We are celebrating the one-year anniversary of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show. Encourage all of you. To go subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't already, you'll ensure that you don't miss a moment. We are joined by the man whose music you just heard bringing us back into the third hour of the program. He is Jeremy Popoff from the band Lit. And Jeremy, I've gotten to know you in Nashville. What does it mean for you as a, I know, very much longtime Rush Limbaugh fan and listener? to have your music now connected to the audience that we are speaking with every single day. Oh, man. Well, first of all, uh, I'd like to wish you guys a happy anniversary. And, uh, and, and you know, we're big fans of the show. And uh, thank you. When you text, you know, I was in England um, when you texted me about possibly, you know, using the song and, uh, and everybody was super fired up. And uh, so it's a real it's a real honor for us, you know? Um, and we're just, uh, we're, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're truly humbled and honored that you, that you picked our song to, uh, you know, we're, we're get to be a little small part of the show each day and it's awesome. And we get well, Jeremy, we of, so appreciate uh, it. And we think lit is, uh, is, is a great, a great band. I'm wondering, you know, that, that guitar riff, you're the, you're the lead guitarist of the band lit and that guitar riff in particular that people hear at the top of the show I would argue it's one of the most iconic guitar riffs of the 1990s, one of the most memorable, the one that really sticks out. I'm just wondering how this came together. You know, this is like our behind the music moment here because <laughs> were, were you just, you know, you're hanging out on the beach with a with an acoustic and having some fun. I mean, how'd this come together? Man, we used to have a warehouse in Anaheim where, you know, the band's originally from Anaheim, California, and we had a warehouse that was a man cave before 
that, you know, we knew what a man cave was and we spent every night there for several hours. And that's where we practiced and wrote and hung out with our friends and did all that stuff. And that riff just sort of spilled out one night. And, um, can I ask, do you you remember just, do you remember playing it and realizing, Ooh, that's really good. I mean, we thought it was cool, but we think all our songs are cool when we're writing them, you know? So (laughs) actually one of our good buddies, uh, Tony, who was kind of like the unofficial fifth member, he he was kind of like, eh, I don't know, man, I don't really like that song. So we ended up, we didn't play it for a few shows because we were self-conscious about it because Tony didn't like it. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, what a crazy what a crazy thing, man! Two notes and and some lyrics that were probably written to be maybe changed or modified when we had time to get to it, and then it just sort of took off and became something that we would have never dreamed that it became and um yeah we're really just blessed and it's crap i mean yeah just yesterday we got we must have had a hundred thousand you know messages sent to us there was that viral video yesterday of the bride playing drums to it at her wedding and um it's just like a weekly thing where it's just like it, it just takes on this life of its own and it's just crazy Jeremy, one thing that Buck and I wanted to make sure we did when they told us that the music was coming up and we needed to uh, to come up with a new open to our hours was we said we don't want to end up with a musician or a group that doesn't like our audience and doesn't respect our perspective. And I was so excited to know you. You relocated your family from California uh, to Tennessee and you were super upset with all of the restrictions that were going on with COVID. And so when I told Buck that, he was like, oh, man, this is, these are our guys. But kind of explain how you ended up making the move to Nashville and what your response was to the government telling you, hey, this is what you can do. This is what you can't do. There's a lot of musicians now that seem to embrace the nanny state when oftentimes artists and musicians historically have been about rebelling against the power structure, there's an awful lot of musicians and artists now who say, hey, regulate me more, which to me is the antithesis of what art should be. It's crazy how how full circle it's come with a lot of musicians and especially like, you know, the guys that are, you know, supposedly more punk rock and more edgy or alternative and they have just sort of gone the way of the Buffalo and just sort of follow whatever they're being told to do. And, you know, we're just, we're, look, we're an American rock and roll band. We, 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 we were very, um, just middle-class dudes that grew up in Anaheim, which is not the, you know, is not the fancy part of Orange County. And we just were hardworking do-it-yourself guys who, who believed in much more of just, you know, our, our, Freedom's not negotiable, and uh, leave us alone. Let us do our thing, and 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 we're also, you know, we're not. Um, we play by the rules. You know, we're respectful dudes, and we're family guys, and we have our values and stuff. But we're we're just kind of like, hey man, you know, we're we're grown ass men now. Leave us alone, you know, and let us let us do. We're you know, we're not hurting anybody. We're going to do what we want to do. Uh, but it blows our minds to see just how many of our peers have have just like. Yeah, just, they lost their balls somewhere along the way or something. <laughs> no, that's well said. I think that's 100% right. Uh, we're but speaking right got, now you know, to Jeremy Popoff, uh, lead guitarist of the band Lit. And for those of you who are wondering uh, where that where that music, the song that you're hearing at the top of the show comes from, we're at the one-year anniversary of Clay and Buck. We've got this new theme song that gets everybody uh, fired up. And, you know, do you, do you think, Jeremy, that there's – I think right now – I mean, I'll just put this out there – 
there's a a little bit of a turning away from the monolith in the arts that we've seen or, or just the the demand that everybody, whether you're in whether you're in sports, whether you're in Hollywood, whether you're in music, that that entertainment is just so the province of only one side of the national conversation. Do you think we're heading toward a little bit at least? I'm not even saying people that are Republican or conservative necessarily who are in, are in music and in the arts, but just understanding that without freedom, you actually can't be an artist, and therefore you have to actually defend individual freedom at some level. 100%. Um, and, I mean, look, I think the reason why your show is number one in so many markets and, and is so you know popular and refreshing is because I, I, I don't think that it's so I don't think it's about being far right or far left. I think it's about people are starting to realize like you guys are just you guys just make sense. It's just common sense and it's it's not about politics. It's about like you know, what what are we doing here? And it's and it's it's so much more when I listen to you guys I'm just like how, who who's going to disagree with this right now? Does it you know what I mean? We feel uh, the same I, way. We we feel, we feel like everyone should be listening and agreeing. So there you go. Well, I think it's a balance of, you know, we all get together with our buddies and, and I've listened, I've got a lot of friends from all over the spectrum of, of beliefs and religions and, and faiths and politics, or whatever. And, you know, at the end of the day, we all get together and have a beer and we agree on, on way more than we disagree on, you know, and, uh, and all we really all want to do is be happy and healthy and raise our families and, and, uh, and be able to have a, a shot at, at uh, you know the American dream. So uh, who 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 doesn't agree with that? And 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 then call me and let's <laughs> and let's have a conversation about it because I don't I wouldn't uh, you know I don't understand how you're not on that page. You know, Jeremy, you and I met for the first time with Tommy Laren. We were out watching an Alabama LSU football game in 2020 in Nashville when there were still hour restrictions on how long bars could be open uh our mutual friend steve ford owns a bunch of bars in downtown nashville and was chomping at the bit over what was allowed and we left uh that bar to go back to your house and you had the utah football game on by the way we salt lake city is one of the cities where we're number one and i walked in i was like oh this guy must be a pretty big college football fan your son was a student manager it turns out on the utah football team and so you were watching that game uh, but it, it, I, I'd always been a fan of your band and certainly of the of the iconic songs that you've produced, including the one that we're using to start every hour. But that was where I said, oh, man, this is uh, this is a dude who overlaps with me in a lot of different areas. And that was during a time when the city of Nashville was trying to say you couldn't have more than like five people in your house, which kind of goes to the whole point of how absurd all this was. <clears throat> well, if you remember that night, too, I mean, the 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 cops were called from a, a, a neighbor and, 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 uh, yeah, it ended up being a, a whole thing, a whole, uh, what happened? Yeah. By the way, for people who don't know, we went back to watch college football games and have some drinks when the bars were shutting down your house in Davidson County, which is where Nashville is. The cops showed up. I think there were like 15 or 20 people there. It wasn't like it was a, you know, raging house party. Everybody was pretty much indoors, just having uh, a few drinks and watching some football. It wasn't even that late. And the cops came, uh, I mean, which, by the way, is just an element of how crazy it was. Whatever ended up happening with that? Well, that was my brother's house 
<clears throat> that time. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, he got arrested and, and, uh, he had to go to court. He had to do community service and pay a fine and hire a lawyer. And, and yeah, you're right. It was about 15 people there. And, and I would say, you know, eight of them were standing out on the deck, you know, having a cigar or a cigarette or whatever. And there was a handful in the house. It's also, you know, a 4,000 square foot house, um, with plenty of space and tall ceilings and everything else. And, and, and it was, a and you know, they came into the backyard, if you remember, and they were like filming us from the backyard. It was a real odd, odd experience. And, and honestly, I think it was probably the next day that, uh, my wife and I started looking at houses outside of Nashville. We ended up moving <laughs> out by you out in Franklin and, yep. and um, so we're it sounds like Fauci was going to appear at I mean, any moment. Cra- you guys have more crazy than 10. This is Buck. This is Nashville, Tennessee, a city known for creativity and people having a good time. We're not talking about like 400 people at a house and they arrested your brother for having like 15 of us over and for violating the, the law about how many people you could have over at your own home. And a bunch of those people, to his point, were standing on the backyard deck outdoors smoking cigars or drinking beers around a little fire pit if i remember correctly yeah you're 100 percent right it was it was pretty insane um yeah you know uh gavin DeGraw was there that night too and i remember standing out there talking to the officers out in the street which by the way you know god bless them and they were just enforcing some silly order that they were handed down and by the mayor and and you know they weren't stoked on on getting you know they drew the short straw that night and had to be on uh you know house patrol shift or whatever but they kind of had a look on their faces like yeah tell us about it this sucks you know and but um i remember gavin saying to to a couple of them like so wait a minute you're telling me that if i have a twenty thousand square foot house i could still only have 15 people over or eight people or whatever the number was but it was one of those things where it just didn't make any it didn't make any sense. It's like if a one bedroom apartment is the same as a, you know, six bedroom house or a, it, 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 there was no. Yeah, and none of it made any sense, no Jeremy, because all those people got COVID probably twice anyway. And don't even get me started on the next. And, and by the way, how perfect, so the whole thing, of, how perfect of a Nashville story would it be? Gavin DeGraw, uh, the band lit, Tommy Laren, Clay Travis all get arrested for having beers in a private home and violating COVID law. I mean, th- th- I feel like people are going to look back on this and say, this is one of the dumbest things that's ever occurred in the United States history. Yeah. All right, Jeremy, how do people yeah. check out? Are you guys still on tour or where can they go? I mean, obviously they hear the song listening to this show, but if they want to hear more lit songs yeah. or see you guys live. So we just, uh, we're here in Southern California right now. Cause we just did, uh, we just played Adam Carolla's party. And then the day before that, we had our album release party, um, our new record just came out on Friday, so if everyone could go give it a spin, we would appreciate that. It's called Taste Like Gold. And um, in iTunes, you know, go on iTunes and get get it and check out Lit Band Official on, on any of the socials and give us a shout. And, and uh, man, just we, we're so stoked that you guys uh, um, are, are, are playing us every day and, and supporting our band, and, and we love you guys. Happy anniversary! Thanks for thank you so much, today. man. We we're honored to honored to play the song. It's fantastic. All the best to you, and I'm sure we'll see you guys hopefully soon, uh, maybe in Nashville. And also, congrats to our our good friend Tommy on her new show. Super stoked on that. No doubt, debuted last on night on Outkick. Yep, yep, yeah. Meet Kelsey. When she found out she was pregnant, she wasn't sure where to turn. But after meeting with the counselors at a preborn network clinic, they welcomed her and supported her and provided her with a free ultrasound. Kelsey heard her baby's heartbeat, and she chose life. 
when a mother looks at her child through a sonogram, it does something to you. You know, I ended up deciding to keep my son, who is now five years old today. He's amazing. He brings absolute joy to my heart. I could not imagine life without him. By introducing a woman to her baby on an ultrasound, a baby's chance at life doubles. Your tax-deductible donation of $5,000 will sponsor Preborn's entire network for 24 hours, helping to rescue 200 babies. To donate, use your cell phone and dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 saying baby. Or donate securely at preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. Sponsored by Preborn. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. As you hear that song playing in the background, My Own Worst Enemy by Lit, a 90s staple, it is going to become the new theme music uh, that you hear at the beginning of the first, second, and third hour of the program. We mentioned this yesterday uh, as the song that Rush had used for a long time is, uh, is now working its way. It's expiring And so we're not going to be able to use that. We walked through with all of you the storyline about why exactly that was. uh, And we went a long way down the line to try to find a band and a song uh, that we knew supported 
and reflected your own values. So thanks to Lit for allowing us to work my own worst enemy into the rotation on this show. And I wanted to read a couple of VIPs here, Buck, uh, that uh, that wrote in. And obviously a lot of you have a lot of different opinions on uh, this issue. Uh, Kendra said, I admit I teared up as you guys were talking about how you thoughtfully chose the music and Buck's perfect analogy of retiring the jersey because while I'm sad to see the end of beloved of the beloved melody that brings back so many great memories of Rush, I'm thankful for you guys and how you're continuing Rush's mission and bringing sanity to an insane world. What a gift to all of us who miss Rush to pick music by musicians who listen to Rush like we did. So cool. You guys are a true class act and you are doing Rush proud. That's for sure. And Buck, we also got an email from another VIP, Miguel, uh, who is a UPS driver. He's worked at UPS, he said, since 1984. Started listening to Rush on his portable radio that he still uses with C batteries uh, and still does deliveries. And he said, I want to let you guys know I'm stoked you picked Lit. My own worst enemy is your new intro. Great pick. I sang that song in a 90s tribute band I was in for four years. My nephew formed the band in 2014, named it the Clinton administration for our love of 90s alternative rock. Ironically, all five members are hardcore conservatives. Many of our shows started with that iconic uh, tune. He said, congrats on the great show. And uh, he just joined the Clay and Buck 24-7 membership club. He encourages listeners to support as well thanks to miguel ortega uh for sharing that story i'd say clay as someone who listened to rush stretching all the way back to when i was in uh, high school and uh was a guest host for rush for many years on on his program um two things that i'm absolutely certain of he would want us to follow through on serve his audience try to save the country that's what we're focused on every day that's what we're trying to do. If, if Rush, if we could have him from heaven now speak to all of us, he would say, serve my audience, guys, help save the country. So, you know, music, yes, I get it. We're on the mission. And that's what we're doing. And we wanted to be straightforward with you guys again about the rights expiring uh, in the wake of Ru- Rush's death. And we used it for a year and we don't have those rights anymore. Brilliance on display. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton back in mere moments. Welcome back in Clay Travis, Buck Sexton show. Dr. Fauci resigning, retiring, fleeing off into the night as Republicans are poised to take back at least the House and maybe the Senate. We are joined now by one of the true truth tellers of COVID who has tried to hold Dr. Fauci accountable for the lies that he has told. Senator Rand Paul, the great state of Kentucky. Uh, Senator, when you saw the news break just within the last hour or so, first, thanks for joining us. Second, what was your thoughts? What were your immediate reactions to Fauci stepping down? You know, I thought for some time that he will flee as soon as he thinks that he'll be given uh, accurate and uh, poignant questions. And I think he won't want to stand up to the scrutiny. But the thing is, is even out of public service, he can be subpoenaed. And uh, I, I say absolutely we should. The origins of the virus are very important, not just for culpability, not just because he funded the lab where this virus in all, all likelihood originated, but it's important because we need to get to the bottom of 
trying to prevent something like this from happening again. And I don't think he has been honest. In the immediate aftermath of them finding out the sequence of the RNA for this virus, a host of his buddies were emailing him all day and all night long saying, oh, my goodness, this looks like it was manipulated in the lab. After they all get together and have a meeting, this meeting has been redacted. We can't see the information that happened in this meeting. When when this meeting occurs, then all of a sudden they change their tune and they say, oh, if you think it came from a lab, you're a conspiracy theorist. So the thing is, is something went on. I think there was a cover-up, and we need to get to the bottom of this. And I think he holds the knowledge to this, and I think he needs to be asked these questions under oath. Senator Paul, it's Buck. Uh, We appreciate it. And really speaking for this audience, we all appreciate your being one of the very few who for two years now has been willing to ask Fauci in a forum where he had to really answer questions that he clearly didn't want to because he was being dishonest with the American people. It's more than just him, though. The NIH, the CDC, these multi-billion dollar a year government federal institutions seem to be abject failures now. I mean, we have the data, we have the results. What does accountability look like? You're a U.S. senator. What could be done here? Transparency, for one. Through FOIA, through Freedom of Information, outside organizations have found out that 1,800 doctors that are on the payroll of the NIH also received $193 million in royalties from the pharmaceutical companies. And we should be told, without question, we should be told whether or not any of those people sit on the vaccine committees, did any of them receive royalties from the companies that make the vaccines? When I asked Dr. Fauci this question, he got all up in arms, started rattling on, and then what he said was, the law allows us to keep this secret. We're protected by the law, and we do not have to tell you. So right now, they won't tell us. And it may be that nobody's receiving royalties from the vaccine. I hope that's what's true. But the thing is, the fact that they won't tell us makes us suspicious. And I don't think this should be protected. I think this should be completely transparent. We should know whether anybody has a self-interest who is determining whether or not to approve a vaccine or any drug. Senator Paul, do you think, based on the testimony that you've seen from Dr. Fauci and the evidence, as you mentioned, some of it is still not fully public, that Fauci should be investigated and face potentially criminal charges for his actions related to COVID? I think that uh, he did lie to Congress when he said that there wasn't any gain-of-function research going on in Wuhan. That uh, we've, already had con- we've already had testimony from scientists contradicting that, so I don't think he has been honest. But I think there's also some of the emails that we got from Freedom of Information Act say, between he and Dr. Collins, that if this came from the lab, it wouldn't be good for science. So there's already sort of this conjecture out there among their emails that we need to make sure people don't believe this came from the lab because it won't be good for science. But what they mean by that is it won't be good for our funding and our enormous salaries that we take from government. So yes, I think he's self-interested. I think they're all conflicted in interest. And when I had a hearing recently on gain of function, all three scientists said, that we should be treating this type of research the same way we treat nuclear secrets. So if you make centrifuges to enrich uranium, you can't just go on eBay and sell them to Iran or Russia or China. We don't allow that. We have controls, export controls on nuclear technology. All three of these scientists agreed that we should have export controls on DNA technology and that we shouldn't willy-nilly just put it up on the Internet and say, hey, guys, I just took a 50% mortality virus and I made it aerosolized so it can infect people through the air. You know, that's the kind of stuff that's being published with no oversight of whether or not 
if that gets into the wrong hands, whether that would be knowledge that might be devastating for the for the world. Dr. Paul, you're also, well, I just said it, you're a doctor as well as a senator. A lot of people, uh, I would certainly put myself high on this list, are very disappointed in how few medical doctors came forward during this to say things like masking up children outside on the ground during school hours when it's 30 degrees during lunch is child abuse is crazy. You shouldn't do this. You know, double masking kids for eight hours a day in school for that. We could go through the list all day. How do you think we start to turn that around? Because I know a a lot of people have lost faith, certainly in institutional medicine. I mean, they may like their own GP and, you know, I like my GP. I mean, there are people that are, have been honest in the medical profession throughout this, but institutions, big hospitals, big research, uh, medical research, uh, agencies seem like they've just fallen down on the job. Let me get this straight. You guys are trying to tell me that when they took the nets off the basketball goals outside, that that didn't save anybody's <laughs> life. Apparently not. I mean, this is it. This is this in the 14th century. They would have laughed at some of the stupid stuff we did. Police tape on the jungle gym. Yep. You know, beating up people outside who are playing outside. You know, with their children. Um, ridiculous. In Louisville, in my state, as of today, they're putting kids in masks. There is no science behind that. One, the kids have already had it. And this is a question I've asked Fauci. If my child has already had COVID, what's the chance that he goes to the hospital or dies from getting it again? I think the answer is zero. I don't think there's been a case reported of somebody who's already had COVID who got it again and died, a child. Now, there there are some adults, but even that's unusual. But the thing is, is there's absolutely no reason if your child has had COVID, one, to force an inoculation on them, and two, to put a mask on them. And the death rate from the severe COVID, from the first round, the wild type, was about one in two million. It's less than that now. I think it was approaching zero, the death rate for kids. And, uh, you know, we can't let these people continue to rule our lives. They're not making their decisions based on science. It's pseudoscience. And it's really their predilection for control of other humans, their predilection for the nanny state that overrides any sense of any kind of understanding of science. Just just real quick, I mean, Dr. Paul, whenever I go into a doctor's office now or I had to visit a family member of the hospital, they still act like the mask is super important. And that dramatically undermines my belief that these are intelligent human beings. So what can we do about this? It's not that the masks are important. Their pay is important. The government won't pay them if if they don't wear a mask. So all these people, it's being mandated by masks. Now, I know some doctors who are defying them, but most doctors are afraid of, it's like a bank. So if you go in the bank and it's a really stupid rule, but they threaten the bank with taking their license away, the bank adheres to every stupid rule we give them. Same with doctors. If you threaten to take away their ability to, to charge Medicare, which is half of the public is on Medicare, half the people going to doctors or more, depending on your specialty, the doctors will comply. Not one of these doctors believes the mask. I talk to them all the time. I used to be a member of a clinic here in town with over 100 doctors. Every one of them will tell me they're sick and tired and they're trying to get rid of it, but they're they're being told that they won't pay them. The government will not pay you if you don't wear a mask. We're talking to Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky, as he points out, Louisville, a fantastic city, but, man, they are run by idiots having to wear masks. The kids still in school there. Uh, Senator, Buck and I started off the show talking about this. 
long-range historical verdict on Fauci. We talk about the short-term, the, the testimony holding him accountable, the origins of COVID, all of that investigation that still has to take place. But a decade from now, when some of the passions of the moment, Trump, Biden, Fauci, are much less likely to still be on the political stage, what is the verdict of Dr. Fauci and his response to COVID as we move beyond the passions of the present and history starts to render a verdict. What in your mind would that look like? Well, because of his obsessiveness with the idea that he is science and that criticism of him is a criticism of science, I think he's put his back, you know, uh, several decades, and he's also harmed uh, objective criticism. The biggest problem is this. This pandemic, you know, was enormously disruptive, and I have friends who died, so people did die from this, but it had a death rate of about 1%, maybe a little bit less overall. What we're going to find is that if we do not uh, analyze where this came from, a virus could escape a lab because they're experimenting on viruses that have 50 percent mortality. There's evidence that the Chinese lab, we have found evidence in samples that they may have been doing experiments with NIPAH, N-I-P-A-H. It's a virus that has 60 percent mortality. And if you're monkeying around with that and trying to make it aerosolized or try to make it more transmissible, it's a death wish for death wish for civilization. So I think I hope this is not true, but his legacy may be that he looked the other way, did not fully investigate this pandemic research of creating these viruses out of nothing. And God forbid that we get another one of these. that's even worse out of a lab in the next decade or so. God forbid we get like what happened in the 14th century where a third of Europe died. So, no, I think this is incredibly important. The Democrats are completely incurious. They, I finally got a hearing in a subcommittee on gain-of-function research, and none of the Democrats came. It, it's hard for me to imagine why they would have no curiosity as to where this virus came from. Senator Rand Paul, we really appreciate your time, sir, and your voice on this issue. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. If babies in their mother's womb could speak, what would they say? In the absence of words, they share the sounds of their heart beating, telling you they're alive and growing. An unborn baby's heart is already beating at just three weeks. By five weeks, you can hear that heartbeat on ultrasound, and that's where Preborn's network of clinics step in. Preborn is the country's largest provider of free ultrasounds, and every day they rescue 200 babies' lives by connecting expectant mothers and children. Those are pregnant mothers deciding on life or abortion. Most often, they choose life. For just $28, you can provide one free ultrasound to help save a child's life. $140 will help rescue five babies' lives. Donate via cell phone. Dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby. Visit preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. Preborn has a 100% charity rating. Sponsored by Preborn. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? 
It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on Prize Picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less. Every time you play, you pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on Prize Picks with as little as four picks. More player action on Prize Picks now than ever, and it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize Picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free Prize Picks app and open your account. Use my name Clay for a first deposit match up to $100. Download the Prize Picks app. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Welcome back. Clay and Buck show here. We had some fun in Salt Lake City, and thanks to KNRS, our uh, affiliate out there, for hosting us. Had a great time. We also made it out. I'd never been to Park City, Utah before. Pretty fantastic. Beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, We hung out with our our buddy, uh, Jesse Kelly, Who's also a radio host on Premier Networks uh, and a, a few other a few other folks we saw out there. Jack Carr hung out with us. We talked to, we talked Terminal List. I'm uh, reading the Terminal List right. Have you read it? I the fir- I listened on tape to the first in the series. Yeah, I listened to an audiobook book. I, I literally had bought it before I even knew that we were going to meet him. Uh, obviously, Terminal List super popular on Amazon, uh, and it's about a formal former special ops uh, soldier. I, I read yeah. yeah, I read the first hundred pages. And Buck, it's phenomenal. I already had the book bought. I was going to read it. I wanted something, you know, like it's obviously a page turner, a thriller, something to take me out of serious reading, yeah. which we do a lot of for the show. And it's fabulous. I also have to tell you all, in case you didn't know, you probably haven't experienced this. Clay is like a is like a parenting wizard. Apparently, his 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 youngest Nash was out there too, like the most polite, well behaved, pleasant Mom young gets man. The I, I, he's Mom amazing. Mom gets the credit. Yeah, oh, it's, you're, Laura's got she's she's got skills, man. Because you're you're a young man. That guy could go with us anywhere, roll anytime, fits right in. It, it's it's. It, I was really Carrie was too. We were very impressed. He's a really he's pretty fantastic. Guy. We, we I know people out there. You have multiple kids, especially the youngest kid. Sometimes ends up getting short shrift, so to speak, because. You spend a lot of time with the first kid and then the second. So by the time you get to the third or fourth kid, if you're out there and you have multiple kids. So we took him with us on this trip to Salt Lake. And he just was walking on air because he just couldn't believe that he got mom and dad to himself the whole weekend. But he is a fantastic little kid. And we we had an awesome time hanging out, met a lot of uh, uh, listeners. And uh, Jack Carr, I got to tell you, that book... Uh, we like to share book recommendations. It, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have already read it. 
uh, and it's a series. I think he's on five or six uh, of of this uh, of this book now series. But I'm reading the first one right now, Terminal List, and it is incredibly engaging. There's and fun. A, there's a reason it's among the most successful, if not the most successful, original Amazon programs ever done. Which yeah. Amazon has spent a lot of money. I mean, some folks don't really look at think of Amazon Prime. I actually think Amazon Prime is in a lot of ways superior. In, in the totality to Netflix, Netflix has had some great hits, but Amazon Prime I find to be a little more consistent. Now, there's a lot of woke stuff and everything. Put put that aside. There's woke stuff in both, which which uh, that that's a side note. We also did. Did you get? A, you didn't watch the uh, Game of Thrones prequel last night, right? Well, I was in the air flying back from Salt Lake, so I'm planning this evening when my wife gets home. We're planning on watching. I heard HBO Max shut down. You and I both loved the original yeah, Game, of, Game Thrones of Thrones series. Is phenomenal. I think the Game of Thrones prequel maybe. I, I've watched a couple trailers. Looks pretty good to me. The Lord of the Rings, though, because you know we we were we were talking to to Jack uh, Jack Carr just about these series and everything else. I mean, it, this is out there, Hollywood Reporter says that the Lord of the Rings cost well over $500 million. The prequel, Lord, the, so, so the new Lord of the Rings series streaming on, yeah. streaming on, on Amazon is going to cost over, over half a billion dollars. And probably when they do all the marketing and everything else, my friends, it's going to be close to a billion dollars they are spending on a prequel show to the Lord of the Rings. They better hope people really like it. Bezos uh, at Amazon is supposedly a monster uh, fan of Lord of the Rings. So he just basically, this is what I've, what I've been told and what really? I've read. Interesting. He just refused to not get the rights to this. This is one of those things where, you know, you're a billionaire. What's the point of money if you don't spend it every now and then? Uh, he, he just went to the war uh, on this and said, I'm not going to allow anyone else to get the rights of this because he's such a huge Lord of the Rings fan. I, I ho- Look, I hope they're both. Re- we could use two good new series to uh, to kick back and, and you know do some binge watching because so, I'm almost done with my Peaky Blinders, man. I got two episodes left and then it's all over. And I don't know what I'm going to do, you know, uh, for TV watching at least. I don't know what I'm going to do. I got a lot of books to read, though, including... It's- the Terminal List by our friend Jack Carr. So you should all go check that out if you haven't already. And the Amazon show is actually really good. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels 
challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.